everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Talking Point with me, your host Papri Dash. Our guest today is energetic, dynamic, unpredictable and eccentric to say the least. He led BBDO Mumbai to one of the top 10 creative agencies in Asia Pacific from scratch and now at 35 he's rocking it as the Chief Creative Officer of Leo Burnett India. I'm talking about Raj Deepak Das. Let's have him on our show. So Raj, welcome to our show. Thank you, Papri. So how does it feel to be tagged as the youngest? creative officer in the industry. Last year I was in Google Plex and uh, in Google Plex when I, I went to the campus and I realized people are much 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 younger than uh, what is the average age of our advertising industry is. Uh, the average age will be from a strong uh, 2021 which is advertising I think average will be something like uh, 20 plus or 25 plus. So in that case when you see it we are in the creative department what do you call it the field of creativity but uh, our average is old and now I'm old, I feel old, compared to the Google guys and uh, dot-com guys. What about the experience part? You know, youngsters bring in a lot of fresh energy, uh, but you know, experience comes from uh, well, age itself. So how do you uh, place that balance in your team? They work hard, so work double. So the experience becomes double. If they are four years old, experience. So I find people who have really worked hard for at least two years of experience. So they look four, but uh, they in the book they are four, but they are 80 years old experience. I, I make sure that people work really hard, so the experience becomes double. Are you a work workaholic yourself? When I say I'm a workaholic, I, I, I love what I do. So I'll not say I'm a workaholic. Uh, I'll, when you love something and you keep on doing it, it becomes your hobby or you can say that um, love. You know, love is never enough, right? You can keep on enough as you want. And the same way, like, uh, I get up in the morning, um, I think first thing I touch is my phone. Uh, I, most of us do that, okay? First thing I touch is my phone, then get ready it's time to spend some time with my daughter in fact uh, i have a three and a half year old daughter uh, then by 9 30 i'm in office and then start my action starts uh, meeting all the guys having fun and I, I keep on saying that it's a high five day for me so uh so I start with the high five with everyone this whatsapp what's up dude that's what i start my entire day with and depends on the day it can last up to uh, eight nine ten eleven uh, but if it's 8, then I come back home, then I finish whatever dinner or something, then I get back to coffee shop to get into work again. 11 to 1 till the coffee shop doesn't shut out, shut down and they throw, don't throw me out. I'm still in coffee shop. When do you say like work is over, you are not handling any calls, you're not attending any calls? When is that time? I don't remember the last time I said I'm not doing any work. Uh, every time that uh, I thought I'll do that, then something interesting pops up and for me everything is interesting. Every day interesting, every project is interesting, every person I meet is interesting. So you get into doing something new. So uh, I, I don't switch off. Your time with Leo Burnett, how yeah. exciting has it been and your favorite moments from it, your highlights from working here? It just completed one year, in fact. Uh, you came on the right time today. It's been fun. You know, like uh, the, the reason when I was, I was getting out of uh, VBDO and getting into Burnett, the, the thing that was exciting me, was excited me all the time was because you will be working with a lot of new people. Burnett had brilliant, good people. Young talent was there. And after that, like 60% of the new people have walked in with literally 60 to 70% new people. So literally this one year, I have interacted with a lot of new people that I have not interacted with the last four, five years. Uh, it's been awesome. Well, if you had to define your style of ad making, what would you call it? I'll call it humankind, purposeful advertising. Uh, like I remember, like there was a time I, I, I had a term in my head called you know, uh, creativity can change things. Creative is a power to change things. And, and I always believed in that. Like. Uh, Maybe some guy one fine day decided, you know, people should be walking on the left hand side of the road. Some guy thought of it, right? It's a creativity. You don't know who it is. It could be a 
uh, engineer, maybe it's a king or I don't know who started that thing. And the, everyone started to decide to drift left and side of the road so there is no accident happens, right? And uh, I always believe in those kind of things. And uh, when I walked into Burnett for the first time, uh, I went to meet Mark in uh, Chicago and I uh, had a long time, which I had a long chat with happening. And the first thing when I walked into the room, I saw that something like creativity has the power to change human behavior. And I said, this is it. And that's what I love always. I always loved it, you know, this is what I want to do. And boom, here it is. Did you always want to be part of the advertising industry uh, when you were in school, college? When did you decide that, yes, I want to be part of this industry? When in class fourth, I think so. Class fourth? Yeah. Class fourth, I wanted to be in advertising. I, and uh, I mean, during those times, I think uh, we had great guys. Like uh, there was Mohammed Khan, there was uh, Piyush Pandey. And they're still there, in fact. And uh, when you're growing up, you saw those work and really like, really like, this is what I want to do. I think that's more fun. And uh, my dad is a doctor. Uh, my entire family is a doctor's family. Uh, my mom is a lawyer. So I think those are good jobs, yes. But I think this guy who is doing this is much more fun than what my dad is doing. So I think I should be doing that job. I was doing my graduation in Bangalore uh, in my marketing. Uh, so an interesting thing happened. So I was introduced to Mad Ads. How? Okay, uh, so because we have a mad ad contest happened in every, all the fest in Bangalore. And Bangalore got a lot of colleges. And uh, my college never had a mad ad team. And it was a new college. Uh, so, so I went for that. And I remember like we, I in fact started a mad ad team uh, of my college. And the first two we never won. I didn't realize it what we did wrong. Then I, because I was trying to follow the other guys what they're doing right. Then we started doing something so wrong that we started winning. And in fact, there are time we have been banned because we are doing some literally dirty sh things. We should hear some of those dirty stories about what you did to win the show. Okay, so for instance, uh, uh, there was a guy and a girl were having... A guy and a girl were having... Having tea, coffee? They were having... And the girl will make them... Ah! Ah! <laughs> oh! <laughs> and says, hard chanas. <laughs> And they have very weak teeth, I can see. And so this is the kind of thing we used to do and we got banned from a lot of fests. But what we used to love it because of the crowd used to love it. And we realized winning was not any more important for us. We wanted people to love it. You uh, pulled off some crazy stunt in Bangkok to bank yourself a job. Tell us a little bit about that. that. I really wanted to work with BBDO Bangkok because uh, during early, I think early 2000 and mid 2000, BBDO Bangkok was ranked as a, one of the top five creative agencies in the world. And there was this guy called Suthi Sak, Suchori Tanitap. And so Suthi Sak was uh, the chief creative officer, a crazy man. And I wanted to work with that guy. So I went to that office and uh, I stood out in the office for 17 days. Uh, including the secretary told me uh, that if you have seen next time, I'll call the immigration officers. I will call the police. So I realized I can't do anything. So, but I stood every day from morning 10 to evening 6 outside the office. And then I managed to get a uh, pass for the advertising award, like equivalent to what we have in India. It's called BAD. BAD, a Bangkok Art Directors Club. So we went for the BAD. I, I came to know that Suthisak is um, giving some awards and everything as a chief guest and everything. So I went and stood outside the conference hall. Then I saw him getting out. So I ran and jumped into his, he got an X5 that time. I got into X5 and says, I'm not getting out till you don't see my portfolio. You got inside, inside his car. car. Yeah. So, and he says, what, what do you mean that? I said, I'm not getting out and I'm kidnapping you. So his driver looked back and says, 
So in such Thai, he starts like saying something. I think he wanted to punch me or something. But this guy was a nice Sudhi Saxe, you know, Raj. You are Raj, right? I said, yeah. You are the guy who was standing 17 days at my office. I said, yeah, and, and you're not meeting me. He says, this is my card. Meet me, you know. And I said, but it's secretary. I said, don't worry. This is my direct number. And and that is how I met uh, Sudhi Sak. And uh, that's it. And after that, I joined him. So how was your uh, life like in Bangkok? Work hard, party harder. That's Bangkok. And that's what I did. Start up in the morning. I used to Starbucks, pick my coffee, sit for 10 minutes, walk into office, decide where to eat my food, come back, sit in my coffee shop, again crack ideas, 7 o'clock out, get into a bar, party till 2 a.m., lost, okay? Get back home, sleep again, get in the morning with a hangover, get the coffee and get back to work. So tell me some of your uh, memorable works from there when you were in Bangkok. I, I actually experimented a lot in Bangkok. I, I did a campaign uh, called um, Home Pro for Home Pro. It was like IKEA of uh, what do you call that, Thailand. So and they were so no one wanted to touch that account because they wanted to do uh, in 15 seconds and they wanted to do four products, sales and everything. So being an expat, you work on uh, accounts like Pepsi and Levers and PNG. You don't work on the fun account, which is the local accounts. And our local accounts are the crazy ones. So I got this one chance. I said I will do it. And uh, so I did a campaign that called Anyone Can Sell. So I made people on the streets are selling things. Okay. And uh, so I, I made a beggar sell things. I made a homeless guy sell things. I made a dead chicken sell some things. And I really created some 25 videos on that. And those were the actually TVCs that ran on air. And after that, it was so successful that I moved into the local team. So I was, I think, the only uh, foreigner working in Thai market with a local account. Then we did some stuff for begging project. Like we did 200 kids to beg on the middle of the streets of Bangkok for global environment and everything, uh, World Environment Day. I didn't. I was experimenting a lot, and because of that project, that begging project that we did, we suddenly realized I got a call from SEO and said, "Remember, you were talking about the project that you did." They said, "Yeah, we got a roadblock in the media. Every media was talking about the next morning. It was a roadblock." I said, "I literally know what things are and how things work because I was just having fun. And when you're having fun, things happen." When did you decide to move back to Mumbai and work here? So I've been a BBDO boy, like literally for five years, and uh, by the time of I was 20, uh, 26, 27, I was literally been worked in BBDO Singapore, BBDO Malaysia, uh, China, uh, New York, BBDO Paris. Then I was planning to get out of BBDO Bangkok, so I had a chat with my uh, my boss, Suthi Sak. So he said, where do you want to go? And so we decided, so we decided, uh, he decided that I will move to either BBDO New York or to BBDO Collins or BBDO uh, New Zealand. So the things were fixed. He said, you know what, you go to BBDO New York and see what you want to do. So I went to BBDO New York. Uh, I spent seven, eight days there, but I, I, I missed the, uh, the craziness of Asia. The Asians are crazy, okay? So I said, you know what, uh, I don't know what, uh, what should we be doing. So I, I told uh, Danny and Chris, Chris was the CEO of Asia Pack and Danny was the CCO. I said, so, so what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. I said, listen, you can only have a language when you create an own agency. I said, okay, that sounds really interesting. So then I called Josie also and I'm having a chat and says, they, they all three told, why don't you start BBDO in Mumbai? I said, I always want to have a creative agency popping up from nowhere. And boom, this is it. So I walked into Mumbai to start an agency. So it was out of nowhere. And I've also uh, heard that you worked with a lot of interns and out of coffee shops. So tell me, how was it the initial few months when you were setting up BBDO Mumbai? So when I was joining BBDO Mumbai, uh, 
I wanted a crack team. I want an international agency. Then one fine day, I found a guy from, uh, I think, Uzbekistan, an art, Uzbekistan art director. So I called my CEO and says, it's his name is uh, Ajay, he's an amazing guy. I said, Ajay, dude, I found a guy. Ajay says, what do you mean, found a guy? I says, I found a creative guy. I says, sorry, there is a global freeze, we can't hire anyone. I says, but I don't have any people. So he started laughing. I says, well, that's a global freeze. So me and Josie decided to have a chat and uh, he said, let's guy hired interns because they are free. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually, because we go to XIC, we go to a uh, lot of different places and we actually got a uh, lot of interns. And uh, so the only thing we used to give them was uh, free coffee and free Coke. And they agreed to that. And they agreed to that. When you have young people, they don't have any baggages of what is right and what is wrong because they try everything experimented. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, they will just move on and try something else. And that's what happened. We just worked with a lot of bunch of young people, interns and uh, trainees, um, creatives who are ready to be interns, again back as intern, and boom, we had some fun. What was your best memory when you were working with BBDO Mumbai? There's a lot of them because uh, if, you, if you're part of a, um, a system that you have started from the early and worked as a system and for five years and you build up from ground zero from uh, with a, you being the only one person in one room and you grew the entire system. I think there are a lot of memories that you have. Do you have something like life mantra or a mantra to success? Do you have something you, uh, some philosophy you follow, adhere to? I don't know, like you, to, you have to keep on trying, man. It's like, a, uh, it's a very interesting thing someone told. It says, uh, when uh, Sachin hits a century, it's not an accidental century. It, behind the century, there's 10,000 hours of practice. The only thing is you keep on working, that's it. What's your idea of having fun apart from work? I love my friends, that's why. I got a bunch of crazy friends, uh, really, really crazy friends, and uh, I love partying. So literally, like uh, every Friday and Saturday, if I if I have a time on, uh, so we go out uh, partying. Uh, music, but there's good music, friends, and that's what you need: good music and friends. And either clubs, or you go to a bars, or if nothing, at house parties. Uh, coming back to your fix with caffeine. Yeah, it's already a lot of coffee. Second, second it's a second, second cup is almost done now. You are also uh, remodeling your office in uh, in Mumbai, Leo Burnett office, and it is going to look like a coffee shop. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. So, okay, uh, you need, like I told you, like uh, you have to have a uh, the energy like a startup in an office. Uh, you may be a big office and everything, but the energy of a startup is very different. You need to have people sitting around a table and discuss ideas and crack ideas and and talk about it and you push your ideas and after after I think so after the session you actually don't know who owns the idea everyone owns the idea because everyone has told something different to it and add something to it and and that's the coffee culture and that's what happened in a lot of part of the world when the civilization was thriving it's not one guy who did what I did this it can never be I did this it has to be dude we don't know who did this but it happened really it's been really cool but some people have to own it and that's that people around the table they have to own it and that's what the coffee culture has started you're very young and you said that, you know, it's an exciting field and youngsters come in but, and the youngsters are also inspired by you. So if you have to tell them one message, like one, one piece of advice, what would that be? Like I keep on telling, in my office when I've got a young kids, I don't tell them what to do. They literally figure out what to do something new and that's how you figure out things. So they have to figure it out a new way of doing it. Otherwise it'll be the same way that I did or someone else did and it'll be the, everything will look the same then. You know, if, so they do shit, that's what I'm telling you. Fail fast. Nothing is fail fast. If you want one thing you want, that will fail fast. You are that, that amazing genius ad man. So you uh -huh. have to come up with 
uh, something uh, crazy that will convince our viewers there to uh, click that subscribe button for us and come back next week for some more exciting talking points for you. Come on. When you are editing it, make sure you put a pixel here. Okay? So you don't know who you are, who you are interviewing. People will think there's something dirty happening here. Pixels. Just put a pixel here. So people think it's banned, it's leaked, it's something controversial, they will watch it. <laughs>